Hello, it's another week of Memoirs from the Minivan Podcast. I don't know why I'm talking like that. It's super late at night, and I just did an Instagram story and probably was like talking like that to make a point. Anyways, I'll save you from that. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can find me at Memoirs from the Minivan or you can follow my personal page. It's just Nadia underscore Mills. I am so excited for this episode. This is an episode that I got to record and it's the first time I've had a conversation with this mama. And so I got to talk to Shelby Flanders. Shelby is good friends with my sister And she connected the two of us because she felt like we had a lot in common and she was very right. And so we talk all things mom life per the usual lessons of 2020. But we also talked about the fact that her husband is a football coach for the local school and just the dynamic of that and how that plays into their world. So super excited that you chose to spend some time with me tonight on this episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan Podcast. Well, hi, Shelby. Thanks so much for being on today's episode of the podcast. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited. I have loved listening to this podcast, and so I feel honored and nervous to be a part of it. Oh, I love that. I think it's always so fun for me when people are like, I'm ner- I'm nervous, and I'm like, I just started this podcast. I don't even know if anybody listens. I know you listen, so that's good. <laughs> Good. Well, I plan to because it's really been awesome for me to be able to have an intentional conversation with a mom every week. That's not something I would ordinarily do. And so this kind of gives me the opportunity to do that. So, um, well, before we kind of dive into talking about all things mom life and everything, can you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and your family and what you do for a living? Yeah. So my name is Shelby Flanders. Um, I met my husband when I was 12. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, and uh, he actually became friends with my mom, really, before I did. And so my mom, we were, it was a fluke thing and a God thing. Um, we both just, like, randomly were homeschooled that one semester, met through homeschooling. And my mom started taking him and his sister to events with us because he had two younger brothers that his mom was taking care of as well. Um, so he ended up coming to my school when we went back to school and I ended up going to his church and um, we just grew up together so that was really nice how fun Um, what's that I said how fun what a fun you know I hear high school sweethearts but man 12 that's you guys really did grow up together it's a huge blessing and honestly like if I could have met him sooner I would have you know I just there's never enough time so but I'm really thankful for the time that we have had. It's nice to share a lot of the backstories. Um, we know a lot of the same people. Um, so we got married. We actually got married. We started dating when I was 16. And then we got married nine years to the day of our first date. Um, and then we actually, it's kind of a long story, but we've had um, graduates before we had a baby. So we actually had two older boys and, and, uh, they're graduated and out of our house. And now we have a, a little girl and she's uh, close to two. And, um, so he, my husband's a football basketball coach, which dominates gosh, 80, 90% of our life. Sure. I have a full-time job where, and I, it's a new job to me, um, where I work in healthcare with hospice and home health agencies. Um, and, uh, I also do Usborn Books and More. I started that during um, when I got furloughed, and I because I love books, love, love, love books. Mm-hmm. And I have a little girl, so I want to pass that love on to her. So totally, yeah. Um, so yeah. That's kind of a little bit about us. Yeah, I love that. While I am also married to a sports fanatic, um, <laughs> my husband grew up in Michigan and played. I think every sport. Um, literally at all like so hockey football basketball baseball golf um you know I didn't know there were as many sports as there were and so we (laughs) 
We're very familiar with sports. Uh, he was an umpire for a long time for Little League, and so I, I totally understand how demanding sports schedules are. He was gone three evenings out of the week and then Saturday mornings, and um, it, w- it was kind of a lot. So I, I somewhat relate, although that was a season um, for us, but I, I totally get that. Are you also a sports fan, at least? Like, you like football and stuff? I do really like football. Um, I probably would not have been a sports fan. We we joke because sometimes I'm like, I wonder if we had not grown up together, if we might say if we'd even like each other because we're really <laughs> different. Sure. Um, I'm very crafty, artsy. Um, I love going to like T-Pack and stuff. And then, you know, he grew up on a football field. And so I cheered and I went into cheerleading knowing nothing about sports. My captain had to tell me like when we were on offense and defense, um, I learned a lot. Of, I've learned a lot about sports over the years. So, um, you know, I I got into sports because that's what he was into. But yeah. a lot of times when you do that, you end up liking it yourself on your own. Sure. Yeah, so, my husband and I um, joke because. But it's good. It's nice to like sports because my life would be really hard if I didn't. Totally. Totally. Yeah, my husband and I joke because I can now, you know, I'll make comments, he'll be watching a football game, and I'll be like, what was that? And was he, like, trying to pass that or whatever? And my husband is like, that is so hot when you do that. (laughs) I love it so much. I don't think my husband's, my husband's like, he'll just correct me. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, I'm probably not spot on most of the time, but I I, I put the effort out there, so. Um, Well, I wanted to talk about you know, on the podcast, you know, we share all kinds of things. And sometimes I'll share the stories of, you know, foster parents and some of that struggle. I've had counselors on, I've talked through infertility. We've talked about traumatic pregnancies and birth. And of course, my own birth story there. Um, And so I wanted to talk about, you said you you had had some graduates stay with you and, and some older boys who have now graduated. So did you guys foster or how did that come about? We did not foster. Um, it was um, one of, and it's kind of complicated, so I'll do my very best to explain this. Um, one of the older boys, so they're brothers, and the older one came down one year um, just for a change of scenery. He was from Maryland, um, and he came down to live with a relative who lived here in Tennessee, um, and that relative worked at the school my husband worked at. So he went to school, he played football, he got plugged in, it's a private Christian school. He got saved. He made friends. So he cool. was really good on the football team. And um, his relative wanted to move back to Maryland, but he wanted to stay down here. So my husband, um, my I mean, my husband's in coaching because he has a heart for kids. So sure. he started trying to find a family that would keep him during the school year. And I, from what I remember, he had like two families that were going to do it. And the weekend um, the kid came down, both families had, like, serious family emergencies happen, and they they couldn't do it. Mm. And um, we were not engaged yet. We lived in two separate apartments, but they were right across the street from each other. Okay. And so he just lived with my husband, or he was then my boyfriend. He lived with my boyfriend. My my now husband just just took him and was like, all right, well, we're just doing this. That's so cool. And um, so we got engaged just a few days after that, actually. And so they would sleep at my husband's apartment and I, and I had all the TV, Wi-Fi, the gaming system. I had the food. So they would come over and hang out during the day. Um, and then later his younger brother came down and we bought a house so that they would both have a room. Mm-hmm. And that was just, um, what we did, it was just because where they lived wasn't as good of a um, school system. Sure. And so they came down here to get plugged in for a better school and, and um, have the Christian atmosphere. But their mom is still, I mean, the younger one lives with his mom now. Um, mom was always a part of the lo- part of their life, always a part of the picture. She'd come down as much as she could to watch them play. Mm. Um, so we, it's kind of like we just got like another family part of, like we, I don't know, it's just, mm. they're our family. Yeah. So we just kind of had people added to our family. Um, so that's kind of just what happened. So we, I just remember when the oldest one graduated, my parents were laughing because they were like, you did this backwards. <laughs> 
Um, but it was, uh, it was, I'm really, really like, we're blessed that we got to know them and got to a snow day for the best. We would play Uno and uh, I'd make them do forced fun. So I'd make them leave their video games and come out and play Uno with us. And I love have it. a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I miss them a lot. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. Um, we love Uno, BT dubs in our family. <laughs> our kids literally will beg us to play Uno and their nanny who passed away almost two years ago now. That was one of her favorite things to play with the grandkids. So I love that. Uno is such, such a fun little game. Um, so, you know, as I think about that, and so you kind of like helped raise teenagers essentially in the last couple of years of their high school experience. And now you're a mom of a toddler. So like, what did you take away from that experience and how has it like impacted like when you became a mom, uh, you know, on your own, what's some of the takeaways there? Um, I feel like we'll be a little bit more equipped for the teenagers. We, um, I guess we kind of had like a crash course, but also my husband being, he works with teenagers all the time. Sure. He just, he knows what's going on because he just finds out everything. So uh, my daughter, bless her heart, is going to um, have a, she, I mean, she's not going to be able to get away with anything. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I don't believe in regrets. I don't have many of them in my life because I feel like um, if you try your best, then like really what else is there? But the thing that I learned from having them and then having my daughter was uh, I regret not being better for them. Mm. I, I'm not the type of person I could have had a kid or not had a kid. Um, I wasn't like just excited, you know, at the beginning to, to take in a kid that I didn't know. Sure. Um, but I did it and I didn't do it with a joyful heart. I don't feel like, mm. and I wish I now being a mom and, um, learning how to like love my child. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that I had loved them better. I wish that I'd been better for them. So that's probably, I, I don't believe in regrets, but I, I do have that one. I have that regret. I wish I'd been a mom first yeah. so that I would have known how to be better for them and how to like put them first more, those sort of things. Yeah. You said a couple things there that are really interesting. So you said okay. you could have had kids or not. So did you always envision yourself like getting married, being a mom? Was that kind of always on your heart? I always envisioned myself getting married, and honestly, I always envisioned myself getting married to my husband. Um, I knew he wanted kids. I just wasn't a kid person. Sure. Um, I wasn't, like, opposed to kids, but I wasn't, like, it was never something that I was super excited to be a mom, and I always wanted to be a working mom. I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, Um, and uh, so when, and my personality, I'm very type A. I'm not it's funny cause I cry a lot, but I'm not, I don't feel like I, I get emotionally attached to things or, um, but, uh, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought for a second. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but, Just... um, I, I could, yeah, I could have took her left kids. I feel like, but I knew he wanted kids. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to know how it's going to be until I have one. So yeah. I cry it out. And, um, I was also one of those people who I didn't, um, I knew that I wouldn't like, People say love at first sight when they see that ultrasound picture. I knew that was not going to be me. Mm. I knew that I was not going to just be in love with my daughter before she was born. And I was okay with that. You know what? I People had talked about it, but not a lot. And I wish it was talked about more. Yeah. Um, because I don't want women to feel like something's wrong with them mm-hmm. if they don't. Um, I remember after I'd had her, my dad took the, I don't know how he got, to my face because I had just had her and everybody was in the room and doing stuff. But my dad got in my face and he was like, it's okay if you're not in love with her yet. It's hard to love someone you don't know. Wow. And, um, I will say though that like, I knew that I loved her and like mom mode kicked in and I wanted to take care of her and all that stuff. But it was, so what was special for me was, even though like I wasn't in love with her from the first ultrasound picture, I got to feel the love grow as she and I got to know each other. Yeah. And that was really special. And I love that. So, um, yeah, that, that was 
I think that was better. That's all I know. But to me, that was better. Yeah. No, I just, I just think that that's so powerful. And I appreciate you being that transparent about that, because I do think that there's a lot of pressure on moms. You know, you're told when you're pregnant or even before, like, even if you say like, I'm not sure I want kids for a long time. I didn't know if I wanted kids either for a long time. And, um, I felt very similarly. Like, I don't, I don't know this kid keeping me awake, making me pee all the time, making me throw up. Like, yeah, that sounds like the perfect relationship, you know? Um, and so I, I just really relate because I do feel like there's just an immense amount of pressure to just have this bond and your heart is just going to grow and expand and you're just going to be so in love. And if you don't, and if you don't feel that immediately, you, you like, freak out a little bit. Like what's wrong with me? Why don't I love my kid? You know, I'm, I'm not going to be a good mom. And so if you are listening and you're struggling with that, or you felt that way, know that you are not alone. Shelby and I are over here in your corner. So yeah. 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 It's totally normal. And and like I said, I, I like how I got to experience it in that way. So yeah. And so cool too, what your dad did. Um, sometimes just having that person in your life who can, speak affirmation to whatever it is that you feel um is just so cool what that was just awesome I just love that Mm -hmm. and then the other thing that you said that I thought was really cool is that um I was learning to love my daughter and so I think now that you've shared that that makes sense but how has that progressed you know she's been in your life now for almost two years and like how are you continuing to love her now? Do you feel like you've reached kind of the like, yes, we're good, we're bonded, or what does that look like? Yes, I don't remember how long I felt. I don't remember when I was like, I'm in love with her. I always loved her because I always wanted what was best for her. Sure. But you don't, I don't remember how old she was when I was like, oh, I'm in love with her. I love her so much. Like, she's my world. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it took, I mean, I think it, it, I think it was definitely within the year maybe within six months. I'm really not sure. Um, I didn't keep track of it cause I wasn't worried about it. Um, cause I could feel it coming. Sure. I don't know. Like I can feel it building. Um, but, uh, Oh man, I am really losing my train of thought. What was the original question? I'm You're so good. You're good. No. Um, just like how has that progressed now? Like, do oh, you yeah. feel like you're still learning to love her in kind of each new chapter? Cause I have an eight year old daughter who I would say is getting into close to this prepubescent thing. And I would say, oh, yeah. I love her, but I'm learning to maybe not like her so much from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm not ready for those. Um, yes, I feel like when, before I had a kid, all I saw was the responsibility. Yeah. And I feel like people undersold the fun. Mm. I have fun with my daughter. Like I really enjoy it. I look forward to hanging out with her. Um, so that love is 100%, you know, like I, she's just the highlight of the day. Anything that I can do to spend time with her, I want to like, cause I just, she's fun. I yeah. enjoy it. So I, it's funny cause I didn't know if I wanted to be a mom and now I feel like I was made for this. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah. But. I love that. Well, I noticed that you said too, um, you knew you always wanted to be a working mom and you didn't want to be a stay at home mom. And I feel similarly, that has always kind of been my story. It was something my husband and I talked about before we ever got married. Um, and so talk a little bit about that. And is that because, um, you know, you wanted an identity outside of that or because there was some disconnect with motherhood or your mom worked and so that was just life or kind of how did that like come about for you I don't really know how it came about I and it's funny because Jordan and I passed notes and my husband and I passed notes in high school and I remember we've read through them a couple times they're really embarrassing to read (laughs) but I remember that in the notes I had sent that to him and um I I don't really know. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I love having a stay-at-home mom. I wouldn't have traded that for the world because mm-hmm. um, I lose. I forget my lunch all the time, and she had to bring it to school, and she could because she was a stay-at-home mom. Um, but I, I don't really know why. I think because I just I wanted something that was mine. Maybe I've always been a little bit more independent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because yes, that was my mindset. I always wanted to be a, a working mom, and when I had Emma Kate. Um, when I had my daughter, I was fine to go back to work. 
Um, I It was hard, but, like, I was happy to be back at work. I enjoyed my work. And then COVID happened. Yeah. And I got furloughed and her daycare shut down. And we stayed home for three months together. And it was hard because I didn't know what I was going to do for work. I was worried, you know, stressed. But it was also the best. And now I would love to be a stay-at-home mom. Really? (laughs) Because I miss that time with her. Mm. Um, I will say I really enjoy her going to school and loving seeing her learn and be with her friends and play. So we still, like, even if I was a stay-at-home mom, I'd still have her um, in somewhere for the socialization and the learning and, and sure. you know, just the things that I can't teach her. But, yeah, that kind of threw a wrench in my plan. I mean, COVID <laughs> threw a wrench in everybody's plans, right? So now it's, there's this, uh, I really wish I could be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Now, COVID threw a wrench in everybody's plans, right, and made us stop and consider things. And I think sometimes that's what it's about is, like, Sometimes we get connected to an identity or a path because that's just like where we ended up. And because we've never had an opportunity to consider an alternative identity or path, right? It's like we can't know what we don't know. And so I think, you know, that was one of the reasons why I made a ton of changes personally in the last year because COVID gave me a forced pause, you know, and it was just like, okay, well, what else can we consider? So. No, I love that. I think um, that three months is probably precious time, too, with your almost two-year-old. Um, she's developing so much and stuff, so that's really cool that you guys got to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're thinking about, um, you know, what's next for you and you've got this new career and, you know, all of that and your husband is in the sports and all of this and, um, family planning and all of that. Are you guys looking forward to like expanding family or like would being stay at home mom, would that be a, an option for you? And are you like exploring that or do you just kind of take things as they come? Um, I'm a planner and I would love to plan, um, being a stay at home mom, but really I, my husband's, I have given, I can't do math, cannot do math. I was in <laughs> control of our finances for the first couple years of our marriage. And I think I stressed my husband out and was like, no more. So, um, he has taken that over and I, he knows my heart now. And so I think we're working towards that, but I, I, I don't know what that would look like for us. Um, we do want more kids. Um, and it's funny because as a planner and as a, um, as a coach's wife, this is going to sound really weird, but I promise in the coach's wife community, it's 100% normal. We plan, I, we try to plan babies around off seasons. Hey, I get it. Um, I totally get it. Uh, and we actually, Emma Kate was, uh, going to be born. He, he was having his championship game on Saturday night and then she was going to be born Monday. We were going to get induced Sunday night and, uh, there was a flood that weekend and they canceled all the games, and the games got moved to Monday, and so I'm, I'm pushing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I look at my husband, I'm like, I don't think you're going to make it. <laughs> He's like, just stop, Shelby, stop, it's fine, it's fine. Because <laughs> uh, I would have even, like, if she'd been born, like, at noon, I would be like, go to the game and then just come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, go coach the championship game and then just come back. But um, I, we, so planners, for sure, would love to expand the family, would love to, be a stay-at-home mom, but 2020 taught me just to be patient. Mm-hmm. I am not in control of anything, and that, um, you know what, as long as we uh, do what God wants us to do, um, he's going to take care of us, and it's, you know, we have to do our part too, but as long as we're doing what he wants us to do, um, he's going to take care of us, and even if in the moment it looks just horrible, you'll look back later and be like, oh, that's why, yeah. that's why. Oh, 100%. I completely agree. Well, that kind of transitions just into, you know, faith and how that plays a role in your life. Um, You know, as believers, I just feel like that piece of who we are um, just impacts so much. And so what is what is that like for you? And how does faith play a role? And how is it that you live that out as a working mom? 
So that was a little bit of a struggle for me for a long time um, because faith is really important to us. We both grew up in church. Um, we uh, both really value the, our relationship with God and are trying to do our best to teach it to our daughter and try to include it with the boys. Um, my husband's job coaching is a ministry. Mm. And um, that's how we have to look at it because last night he didn't get home till one thirty in the morning wow. from an away game. And he has, if he doesn't have a game at night, um, then he has practice. And so the earliest he gets home during the week is 9.30. Um, and then he's got Saturday stuff sometimes. So he's not here um, often. Yeah. And he coaches don't get paid. Uh, I mean, if you broke down how much they got paid, like an hour, it would be pennies. Um, because it's not just practice and it's not just the games. It's also preparing for the games and watching film. And when parents don't pick up their kids, they take them home. And um, when a kid has a problem and they call the coach or when a parent is upset, they call the coach. And sure. um, I mean, we've had kids go missing, coach gets called, you know, there's just a lot more to it than the game. And it's our ministry and it took a long time for me to be okay with being our ministry because here I am working yeah. and for a while my job was the one that made more money, but his job was the one that like, if something happened, we had to drop everything to, to do because uh, it's just hard to explain, but that's just how it was. And yeah. there was a lot of resentment there for a little bit. Um, and I felt like I wasn't, I mean, he was out here, you know, kids were getting saved on the practice field and he was getting to be a part of that. And like, I'm the one I felt like, uh, making that possible, but I don't get to be a part of it. Mm. And so that was a struggle for a long time for me to realize, like, I am important. Like he couldn't do this without me. He tells me he couldn't do it without me. Yeah. We, I mean, before he even started coaching, he did, we had a conversation. He was like, I need you to be on board with this. Otherwise we'll fail. Like I'll fail. Um, he's like, so I can't do it unless you're going to be supportive. He's like, can we, you know, and he just asked me, he was like, are you, do you want to do this? Yeah. And so we just have to remember that we don't get to see our rewards sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we plant seeds, it can take a while for them to grow. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you don't see it at all. And, and, and then other times when you plant that, you get to see it grow. And we've been doing this for long enough now that we're getting to see Last, this past year, I think, was probably the most we got to see of what um, we had done come back and just, it was like affirmation, like, yes, this is important. What we're doing is important. Like, kids need this. We've um, got to keep doing this. Wow. Wow. Um, Nine, I'm just sitting here like 9.30 at night and one thirty <laughs> in the morning being like, oh my gosh, because I, I think, I know myself, I, I would struggle with that too, you know, just remembering the motive behind that and remembering that, like you said, it is a ministry and lives are being changed and, um, that this is where God put you in, in that chapter too. I always like to hear about marriage and, you know, marriage communication and you guys have been together since you were 12. So like you talk about like growing up together. So how do you guys like find time to, work on your marriage or just, you know, spend time together outside of that schedule and having an almost two-year-old? Um, I think that having our base of all that time together, all those years together, I think that that was really helpful, important, crucial for us. Mm -hmm. Um, because he started coaching pretty much right the year we got married and that was the hardest year. I mean, being married was hard, but it was just learning a coach's schedule was hard because they tell you to be home at, at nine and then they're home at 10 30 and it was because the parent would stop talking to them and you're like just tell the parent to go away and right. it doesn't work like that um and so uh you know it's funny because parents too will come up and tell me they'll be like can you tell your you know tell coach I said this and I'm like no you see him more than I do like you talk to him more right. than I do <laughs> You guys, you guys are in a different relationship than we are. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, did you know this? And I'm like, no, I haven't talked to my husband in a week. Like, we just, uh, I mean, honestly, a lot of our communication is, like, passing by and making sure, like, we've got schedules figured out and um, making sure, like, Emma Kate's taken care of. And um, But I, we've just, we, 
have learned to just enjoy each other's company in the moments that would seem dull, I guess, to most people. Like, mm-hmm. we love The Office. So just watching an episode of The Office together in silence, like, it's just, I, I don't know, it's helpful to us. We just laugh and we will, like, make fun of the episode or just talk about that. Um, you know, we, we, we talk, we've just learned to talk about the important things, too. Um, like, we, there's not a lot of fluff to our conversations sometimes during mm-hmm. the sports season. Sure. Um, and it is hard. Like, we, there is a point during every single basketball season where I just have had enough. And we'll get in a fight. Mm-hmm. And it just takes, like, a couple days to get through the fight because you've got to go to practice. Um, but you just kind of work out what works for you. We get Wednesday nights together. We get the weekends together for the most part. And we've just learned to just chill. We don't have to be doing something all the time. We can just sit on the couch and watch, um, you know, Finding Nemo with our daughter. And we just, I don't know, we just learn to, like, just relax and be and not have to feel like we have to work on something or do something. Sure. No, I think it's an important, like, statement to make that sometimes we overcomplicate what it takes to have good relationship. Um, but what you're doing, living life together, being on the same page as far as like ministry and purpose and understanding that your rewards may not be something you can see right now. I mean, that's big, important stuff. And I just commend you guys for having that kind of attitude because there's just such a maturity there. Um, I think it's so normal for us to just be selfish and like, well, I want this and I want that. And it it just sounds like you guys really just look at that bigger picture and keep that in mind that like, I use this analogy a lot, but we usually can only see a couple pieces of the puzzle, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, you recognize that there's a lot more that's unseen that'll make sense when it's supposed to kind of thing. Yes, and I wish I could say I went into that with a lot of grace, but I went into a lot of this kicking and screaming, and it's just, it's so tiring to be kicking and screaming. Totally. So at some point, you just gotta, you know, just go with it, because, yeah, it's just too much to, to fight it, and, um, you know, I've, I've just realized that all I'm doing is fighting God, and mm. um, that doesn't work, so uh, once you um, let God's plan, you know, unfold, um it's just you're a lot better overall. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, as you you know, in 2021, I feel like I already find myself a little bit back into a, a busy routine. You know, I feel like prior to COVID happening, it's like you'd see somebody. How are you guys? You know, we're just busy. We're just so busy. And then COVID happened, and it sort of just like created that purposeful pause, you know, to forced stop kind of a thing. And during that time, I learned a lot about what I could do, what I didn't have to do financially, how we could actually make it just fine. I had different expectations Mm -hmm. before that, right? There was just all these things I couldn't know. And so, but now I find myself having to be careful not to just step right back into busy as things are somewhat returning to normal and our kids are back in school and all those kind of things. And so do you feel like that you had some of those big sort of aha moments from COVID or did you make like intentional changes during then or like learn anything really new that you're now kind of finding you're going back to like old ways or has that like completely changed how you're doing life in 2021? I think I got hit with a double whammy, honestly. Um, when I had my daughter, so before I had my daughter, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was, I, my husband would probably say I still am, but I'm, I think, think I was pretty high strung. Yeah. Uh, I always have just a, a level of stress. I mean, who doesn't, right? I always have a level of anxiety. Um, and I had my daughter, and I think I had a little bit of postpartum depression. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I would just have like all of a sudden I'd be holding her and then like, just be paralyzed with fear that I was going to drop her. Mm. It's extremely irrational. Um, but it would just be like this overwhelming fear that I was going to hurt her. And I just had to just shut, I had to like, I just remember being in her room and having this conversation in my head while I'm holding her, like, that's really irrational. Um, you're going to have to get a hold of this. 
you cannot do this. This is this is going to be damaging to everyone if you continue to just like let this take over. Sure. And um, so having my daughter calmed me down a lot yeah. because I knew I couldn't control everything and I could just only do my best. And um, and then COVID happened. Um, pretty much uh, a year after we had her and everything was falling apart again. I was furloughed and her daycare was closing and it was just very stressful. And, and that first month when they were telling us all the stuff on the news, my husband was like, you're not allowed to watch the news anymore yeah. because if this would, I would just cry and cry. My husband's asthmatic. I just was like, had this fear that we were going to lose him. Yeah. And, um, I just threw both of those things. I think God was able to show me like, you know, you just got to calm down. You've mm-hmm. got like, you cannot control all of this. Mm-hmm. These are things that you're just like letting your mind run wild. You've got to rein them in. And, um, so I think that, cause we really didn't stop my husband's land. My husband landscapes during the day. His landscaping business picked up because everybody was home. Yeah. They wanted to work on their projects. Um, so even though he wasn't coaching, he was still gone all day and then sports were delayed, but they still happened. And, um, well, I went back to work. So really things for us were, you know, for the most part stayed the same. Um, but, uh, I think that was the biggest takeaway was kind of just, a. I think I've calmed down. Um, I don't know if that's a thing, Yeah. but I, I think I've calmed down and I think I'm just a little bit more go with the flow than I was. Yeah. Um, I think kids have a way of doing that to us <laughs> because yeah. No one- no one else, everybody else is like, really? That's like, I hope, I, I wish that happened to me. Nobody said, like, confirmed that with me. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like having kids forced me to literally unwind my spring. If you can imagine me being just tightly wound, I would describe it that same way. And, you know, it only takes one episode of, like, your kid puking down your shirt and down your bra in the middle of, like, a store <laughs> Or you seeing your husband slide her into the front carrier and baby poop just goes everywhere out her legs for it to bring you down to like, okay, life is just not that serious. Um, yeah, 100% my kids have completely unwound me. And I, I think that's the lesson that I took away, though, mainly from my birth story of just like, Nadia, you don't have control over everything. But irregardless of that, I've still got you, right? God's still got mm-hmm. you. So, yeah, no, let me affirm you in that because I totally agree. Oh, that's really, that's, you're the first person who's been like, me too. Oh, me yeah. Too. Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, talking about just like, you know, mom life in terms of babies, and you mentioned, you know, postpartum depression, I feel like there is more of an open conversation about that in recent years. People are a little bit more open, um, but it's not something that I felt like I had a lot of support in as a, as a young mom. I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't sure that I had it. Like what you said, I think I probably had a little bit. Like We don't even know, right? It's like, um, what does that even look like? So, I mean, you've just come out of that being, you know, your daughter coming up on two. What would you say to mamas who have maybe young babies or are about to give birth or who maybe have toddlers who are experiencing some of that, what would you remind them of? Um, you know, I have a little um, plaque in my house that says, um, the seasons are long, but the years are short. Mm. And it's got a little football and a basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of what I remind myself of. I've always been just acutely aware of time. Yeah. Every time my husband, and this is me having to tell my brain to calm down all the time, but every time my husband leaves the house, make sure to give him a kiss because in my brain, it's like, this is the last time you could see him because we're just never guaranteed anything. And I've always had a sense of time. I've always just, that's just something that's always near the front of my mind. So I would say, I know it seems long, but it's, it's the seasons are long, but the years are short. You're in a season. Mm -hmm. Nothing stays forever. Everything changes. Um, so if it's something that you're really struggling with, I, you know, hold on because it could change tomorrow. Um, I, I would just say it's all a stage. It's all a season and, um, you're not going to be in it forever. Yeah. You just have to, um, you know, if you need help, get help to get you through that season. You don't have to do it by yourself. 
um, but it's not going to last forever. Yeah. So um, I think that's important for new moms to know when something's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to enjoy it. <laughs> like I, I know we're told that we have to enjoy every stage because it won't last forever. No, you don't have to enjoy not being able to sleep. Um, but uh, it's just, just know it's not going to last forever. And then you'll look back on it and be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that but I'm not in it anymore. Yeah, 100%. Are you listening what she just said? You don't have to enjoy every season. Oh my gosh, if you don't walk away from anything with this with this episode, walk away with that because that's so stinking good. You don't have to enjoy every season. Doesn't mean you won't find joy in moments or find joy in other, you know, things during that season, but enjoying like getting pooped on and puked on and no sleep and wiping butts 50,000 times a day. Um, I joked last week because I think I wiped two butts during a podcast recording because this is life. This is what happens. And so I love to just put that kind of real honesty in there because when you're listening to this stuff online, you're like, wow, her house is so quiet and there's blah, 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 blah. Well, this is being recorded at nine o'clock at night when my kids are asleep. And last week I had to make like 13 edits because I had been interrupted so many times. So, you know, that's just life. And I, I just love that, that, you know, not every season is enjoyable, but it doesn't last forever. And I think that that is just such a really good nugget to hold on to. So as we think about, um, just like taking care of yourself. I always kind of like to ask how you do that. Like, right. Some seasons are really difficult and with particularly with you and your husband has gone a lot and and toddler and work and all the things. How do you take care of Shelby? How do you make sure that you're a priority in your own life? Well, I have to, we're really, really, really blessed. Um, all of our family is here. Yeah. So, um, I, she, Emma Kate sees all of her grandparents often. I mean, we see everybody once a week. Um, so I have a lot of support, um, which is nice because of the sports. I enjoy my husband being a coach more now that I have a daughter. I would have thought that I was going to enjoy it less because huh. I thought it would be harder. Um, but I mean, not that it isn't hard, but I just have someone to share it with now. Like I get to take her to the games and sure. she and I have fun at home. I'm not by myself when he's gone. Um, but for me, I guess self-care honestly is sleep. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I, because I am acutely aware of time at all times, I really do want to spend like self-care. I want to like my happy place is being um, with my husband and my daughter by ourselves, nobody calling, you know, all that stuff. But, but if it's just me and my self care sleep, sometimes I just need to reset with a nap. Um, uh, and that will just be me taking my nap with my daughter. Um, or I just maybe need to go to sleep a little bit earlier if I can. But, um, you know, I just, I don't know that I find a lot of time for myself and for me, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what that would look like, what I would want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just because I haven't had the opportunity for that in a long time. Sure. Um, but as long as I get sleep, I'm good. <laughs> That's really, <laughs> it is one of those. Right? As long as we have sleep and food so we don't get hangry or whatever the equivalent of, whatever the equivalent of sleep angry is. Right. Yeah. It is definitely one of those things that is. I never knew sleep deprivation until we had kids, right? And I was just like, oh, this is a real thing. This is, yeah, yeah this is this is legit. Um, well, I know you mentioned that you love to read. Um, so are you reading, what are you reading right now? Any good recommendations for moms? Uh, oh, you know what? I don't read adult things. Like how I know a lot of people read self-help and they read like, things that make them better and I admire those people so much I cannot get into those books I love fiction and young adult I love things that I can escape into I mean that can be my self-help right or my self-love or whatever but I don't get to do that as much audiobooks are how I read now because of having my daughter so I listen on my commute um I just finished a young adult series called the red crown I'm currently reading an Agatha Christie um but uh, I don't read anything cool or adult. I just read to, like, have something that my – just – I mean, it's TV for my brain, right? Totally. I, I will say I'm still not, like – even though I don't read what I consider cool adult things, I'm not, like, ashamed of reading my fiction or my own adult 
because um, I have read that reading books like that um, help you with empathy mm. and my type type A personality probably really needed that. Like that was probably a good um, thing for me growing up to enjoy reading. And um, with my husband's job, how he just like is naturally, I mean, just has a heart for people. Sometimes I'm, I have to like check my heart because it'll be mm. better or I'll do it like not with a joyful heart. So I think that that's important for me to, I try to put myself in people's shoes in different situations. And I think that I learned how to do that through reading mm. my, my fiction books. I love that though, because honestly, Shelby, I feel like everybody is kind of like self-help and read this and what are you reading? And we're always trying to improve. And this is what I love about these podcast episodes and getting to talk to real women is that like, it's okay to just enjoy your fiction book um, and say that your self-care is sleep. It doesn't need to be some big dramatic plan sold to you, right? If you connect with that stuff and it helps, great. But it doesn't mean you're less of a mom or less if you if you don't do that stuff. And so I love that. I love that that is just an escape for you to be able to kind of shut that type A brain off. I know because I also have one of those type A brains. Um, so I love that. Speaking of your husband and his love for people, so is he like really extroverted and you're an introvert or what's the dynamic there like with that? Yes. And it's really funny. So yes, he, we've kind of changed as we've gotten older, but, um, he, when I first met him, 100% an extrovert, just he, and, but he still he, I, makes a friend with everybody. Um, he knows everybody. He's that person that has a friend. Like he's like, I know somebody who can fix that or I know somebody who can do that. He knows everyone. I am an introvert. Um, he makes fun of me because I told him when I was in school one time that, um, I didn't have a lot of friends, but like the people, the characters in my books are my friends and he just has never, ever, ever let me forget that I told him that. Um, yes, he's an expert. I'm an introvert, but it's funny because after we had my daughter, um, our daughter, um, in the delivery room, it was like, we switched places. Like I was like, you know what? She's going to come out. Whatever happens, happens. Not a big deal. And he was in there telling people what to do, giving people orders. <laughs> and he, that was just totally opposite of us. And then kind of ever since then, it's like with him coaching and giving everything he has all day long, he comes home and he does not want to go hang out with other people. He just wants to stay home and watch the office. Sure. And because I'm with Emma Kate all the time now, or I'm at work, but it's not, you know, for fun. I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's go do something like let's go somewhere. And he's like, I just want to relax and stay in. So we've kind of switched a little bit. I'm still more of an introvert um, on, on whatever scale it is where there's like a line and there's a dot and you either go right or left. You're introvert, extrovert. I'm in the middle, but I am on the introvert side, so I can kind of adapt to what I need to do. Yeah. But if I get to choose, I'd rather be an introvert. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of how my husband and I are. Um, I will hear him come in the driveway when it's not 23 degrees outside. Tennessee, did you forget where you are on the map? Like, what the heck? Anyhow, side note, um, but I will hear him come in. Sometimes I usually get home before he does, and he'll just be out there, especially spring, summer, and out there and out there, I'm like, what is he doing? It doesn't take that long to, like, get the mail and get out of the truck. And so I'll go out there, and he's, you know, striked up some conversation with the neighbor. They're talking about something. He sold something out of the garage. Like, same thing, you know, just wants to get to know everybody. Um, but I think that God is purposeful in putting us with people who are not like us, right? Because we need that balance, um, and he really has pulled me over, I would say, more to the extroverted side, more hospitality, never meets a stranger, and I have more pulled him into, like, can we just stay home, watch a movie or something, let's watch a football game or, you know, whatever, so it, it becomes a balance, so I love that. Well, this has been an absolute treat. Um, Shelby and I have never had a conversation before, so this was just, you know, hey, my sister knows you and had this great chat with you, and she just says you're just awesome, and I'm like, let's do a podcast episode, but this was so cool. It's like, I think we would be friends because we're very similar, <laughs> but um, before we wrap up, um, I always like to just ask, you know, 
what kind of mom wisdom would you leave for somebody who's just maybe down on herself or maybe she's just struggling in her role as a mom or, you know, she just feels deflated in this season of being at home and things? What kind of encouragement would you want to share with her? Um, it would probably be um, that it's not like you're feeling anything wrong. Yeah. Um, just because you're, I mean, your feelings are your feelings. And yes, we cannot be ruled by our feelings, um, but that doesn't mean that they're not valid. Um, and I guess I would just go with the saying, I mean, yeah, the seasons are long, but the years are short. Like time mm-hmm. will continue to march on. And um, I think it's important to remember that everything is a season. And, um, you know, tomorrow's going to be different. Tomorrow's a totally new day. So um, any struggling moms out there with anything, you know, your feelings are valid. Go find someone to tell, you know, to talk to. Um, and then just remember that it's not going to last forever. It's going to be different later on. So you're going to look back at it and go, oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. And totally. You no, know, you'll be in a totally different stage by then. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really enjoyed um, sharing just a candid conversation about all the things. And, um, yeah, look forward to maybe grabbing coffee sometime. Yes, I would love that. That's the, and I'm serious, that's the me, (laughs) me being an extrovert. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, as always, that was super fun and super real and what I love most about these conversations is that it affirms me in so many ways because she just described so many emotions that I felt especially in my early days as a new mom and in my life as a working mom outside the home so I hope that you found the episode inspiring and encouraging. I think my biggest takeaway was listening to her talk about you don't have to enjoy it all. It doesn't make you a bad mom because you find certain chapters frustrating or hard. It doesn't make you a bad mom and you don't have to enjoy it all. So as always, just appreciate you spending some time. And if you know another mama who would be encouraged by this episode, would you just share it on social media and just let her know um, that we're here and that we're here for her. When I created the podcast, I wanted to share the stories of real life mamas who are doing the dang thing, you know, instead of always having to go to Pinterest or go to Instagram and see perfection and see filters and see advice and see experts. Y'all, we are the experts and we are doing the dang thing. So thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you for being a working mama, whether that's inside your home or outside of your home. And as always, if you could like or comment, that helps people find me and this episode and this podcast. And I would appreciate um, some likes or thumbs or um, shares on social media. (laughs) But I am going to go to bed and I look forward to talking to you next week on another episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan podcast. Thank you.